Hi. Hello. Hi there. What's up? How you doing? Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are today two birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. Oh, it's not all glitter and rainbows. I have to do Meredith. Or as we we like like to say, say, it's more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant with you at Linden Tree Midwifery. And we have two guests today. Uh, Who are you over here? Hi there. My name is Chris Arario. What's happening? I like to call him Chrysosaurus. Yes. Chrysosaurus Rex. He's definitely Chrysosaurus Rex. I'm Brian and uh, I'm just happy to be here tonight. Awesome. We are so happy to have you guys. Yay. We are very happy. So we decided these are two guys that we hang out with on a regular basis when we're just like hanging out. And we decided we're going to take two people who don't know anything about birth and we're going to interview. like other than making women pregnant, we know nothing about (laughs) childbirth. (laughs) Wasn't this your idea last year? I I believe it might have been an idea that was discussed. I don't know whose idea. They were... flying around so fast and furiously who say it was your yeah, idea or my say. idea i don't know yeah who's t- i love the idea so at some point the idea was ejaculated tonight it's coming it's to conceived. fruition and it's conceived <laughs> so i said oh meredith's out of town let's interview the guys yeah and here we are and see what they know or don't know about a lot of different things a lot of they I'm don't just, even know i'm gonna just go ahead and say that Chris and I know jack shit about almost everything. Yeah. We know a lot about nothing. It. Like, we could talk about Seinfeld and all that kind of stuff all night because we know all, all that. Day. I can attest but to like that. Real life stuff, we're just clueless. So. I, I, I disagree with that. I, I disagree with that. I think we're going to I think we're gonna find out that you know more than we thought. And I we're think sitting around the pool in our bathing suits. Yeah. All of us. The kids are swimming. It might be loud. So, yeah, we're just going to see what happens. See what happens. Today. While we <laughs> try and record this episode. All right. So what do we want to talk about? I think I we think, should go in easy. I think we should dive in like a muff. <laughs> no. First, Chris, I want you to tell me about yourself. How many kids you have? Were you at their births? Tell me what you would like to tell me about that. Uh, I'm going to just be brutally honest. I'm 54. I have a 27-year-old daughter. I was at her birth. I was the sole caregiver within two weeks, and I raised her, just her and I. I had a three-day stand, which turned into a son, and we did use precautions. <laughs> did it <laughs> they the don't always and, work. Uh, you know, the other sausage, but, you know, it still came to fruition and whatnot. <laughs> Giggity. But, you know, so I was only to, able to, you know, support him fiscally, but he and I have an amazing relationship now because somehow, some way, she didn't make him hate me, and uh, I got them out of Detroit, out of a house in Florida, and so he's good. My daughter's amazing, and uh, there you go. That's a little bit of perspective as to my child rearing, but... I want to say for the record, you're one of my favorite people. You are also super amazing. I come hang out with you actually about equally as much or more than I do Kim. Yeah, it that has happened. Yeah. And I'm just getting to know you guys. So this is fun. No, nah, it's I, it's fun. 
It's unfortunate you have that scar, Jess. Otherwise, we'd probably be having coitus <laughs> instead of doing this podcast. <laughs> so it sickens me to the bone, a saurus. Okay, so who are you? How many kids do you have? Um, I'm Brian Ellis, mm-hmm. and I have two wonderful young men. Uh, yep. A 23-year-old and a 20-year-old, but he'll be 21 next week. So that's going to change our dynamic a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. once he can get to know me as an adult. They both said nice things to me on Father's Day. So I feel like I, I like that's a step like in the right direction. I don't know that I've been the greatest dad of all time. But I was at both their childbirths, and I, and I remember because I went into the first one, and we did the whole Lamaze bullshit, and we took – you know, 12 classes and we had the tennis balls and the ice chips and we learned all about that stuff and had the magazines, had the bag packed for like a few weeks. And so my ex-wife was like saying, she woke me up in the middle of the night one time and she's like, I don't feel good. I'm like, they say, at Lamas, they say, take a hot shower. You know, yeah. so, so take a shower. And I'm like, and I went right back to sleep. And then she came back in the bed like an hour and a half later. And she's like, no, I think we have to go. And I was like, ah. where are we going? I'm like, no, the baby's not due for like three weeks. Why the hell would we go now? Like, it's only like he's not ready. And so we went and I got her in the car, got the suitcase in the car, everything like that. Her water broke on the steps. She didn't tell me and then got into my car and I had cloth seats at the time because I was poor. And like, <laughs> wait, so wait, I have I, I, I have cloth. Seats. Also, still yeah, but Chuck, Chuck seats. has leather seats. Uh, well, I damn it. <laughs> but I'm just saying. She's and, the rich one in the relationship, for the record. And, and and for the record, his truck probably cost more than my first house. But that being said, um, I didn't believe it was still happening. It was still, like, crazy. We get up to the hospital. We go pull right into the emergency thing. They wheel her right up into the birthing suite. And we're waiting for Now we call the doctor and everything like that. And then I say, and, you know, the, the nurse is down there looking at her women parts. Vagina. Vagina. <laughs> And uh, oh, so she she looks Where? like she's a catcher, right? You know, she's down there in the crotch position. And I said, all right, I'm going to go move the car because, you know, somebody might come in with a smashed head or something into the emergency room. And I'm taking up one of the prime spots. And she, the nurse turns to me and she looks at me with this devil voice and she goes, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and like she was 10 center. 10 centimeters dilated, whatever the hell that means. In like two hours? I don't know. What? I don't know. But it, apparently she was designed to give birth because 35 minutes later we had our first child. Oh, my and, and we sat there for like an hour and a half trying to decide what his name was. We had a bunch of different names picked out. But he was early. He was early. So yeah. we, we still hadn't nailed it down. We had like three or four going in. So I, I was very comfortable with baby boy Ellis. I wanted to just call him that, baby boy Ellis. And uh, that's, that that's didn't not stick. A thing. No, no, no. Well, that, if we wouldn't have named them, that's what he would have been. Yes. Well, not in this day and Legally. age. Legally. Uh, but anyways, so that was amazing. So 35 minutes for one kid. Second kid we induced, and my older son wanted to name him Jeff Gordon Ellis, but <laughs> my wife hated NASCAR, so that was not going to happen. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that name. I think okay. that's adorable. <laughs> but. We didn't it's let like him Apple dinosaur. But we didn't let him <laughs> name him. Um, and so we induced and it was like she was starting going through and she's like, Give me the drugs and she's like the nurse is like, You're too late for that. You were well beyond wow. that. And she's within 
good with, at that then. And within 45 minutes, we had our second child. So I only have That's an hour and 20 minutes worth of, of experience. Child. Yeah. So other Great. than that, anything you guys are going to bring up tonight, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Awesome. Gosh. So, so I want you to say, don't feel bad about that because I've been doing this job for 16 years and I literally had that experience yesterday where I was yeah, like, you didn't even make it. First time mom where I was yeah. like, you woke up and you're having contractions two minutes apart. You're a first-time mom. That's not a thing. She had her baby on her kitchen floor before she could get anywhere. So it happens sometimes. On her kitchen floor yesterday? Yes. Yesterday on her kitchen floor. Thank God it wasn't our kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah. If it was on your kitchen floor, you would have made it. That I would have, and I would have been very grateful for it. I said <laughs> if she ever has another baby, because she is a friend of mine, that I will just move in with her, but I probably won't. No, you won't do that. I w yeah, I only did that for you. Yeah, you yeah. did. You lived with me for a month. I lived, yeah, but a week before you had your baby. It was actually yeah. three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> felt, felt like a month. <laughs> felt like a month. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you, you've had one birth experience. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your birth experience? Yeah, I guess I didn't really expand upon that. Um, don't be sorry. Nah, it was... We got the call. It was. It took about eight hours, and her what? birthday is coming up. It's July seventh. That's so fast too. Y'all just you picked breeders, is what you did. And it's amazing to me what you guys do because I, at the time of the birth, the nurses become like your best friend ever because they're yes. providing you any type of solace that is because it's not so the clown. So you know the ice chips and the walking around, but the nurse making sure everything is giddy up. It was just amazing. So Feels like you way. tell them you love them so much and you're going to buy them flowers, but of course you forget and you got to buy diapers and all that other sauce and so anyway, um her mom, whom I hated at the time and still does. Um I mean, I guess the mother's mom, I should reiterate this. I don't really dig on the mom either. However, <laughs> we, we, we do dig on honesty here. <laughs> but like I ended up loving, like I was so happy. I loved her so much. So the birth was good and, and seeing the head, you know, it's crowning, it's coming out and cutting the umbilical cord. I mean, anytime anybody asks me, what is the greatest like moment of your life? You know, it has to be sans the birth because there's nothing more. There's nothing more. I don't, there, there's not a word to say. There's nothing freaking more. You can say you the F word on this podcast. And I don't know. I'm about to cry. You it's know, it was the greatest thing like, ever invented. And Chris, I totally get it because that is an amazing moment. And I fortunately cut the cord with my wife like two years ago after my kids were 20 i, I wish i would have cut it at, <laughs> at the actual birth because that would have been phenomenal well for being that honest i Smart well, i i cut the cord with my incisor teeth <laughs> i want to say to you chris today me and kim were having a drinky drinky poo as drinky, you like to say oh, and i <laughs> said i said Chris is one of the most emotional guys I've ever met. She said that. Every time he talks about his daughter and his son or his parents, he gets a little teary-eyed. And I want to say that that is something that I find very endearing about you. And I don't know if 
you want to say anything back to me about that, but I know that it's a real deal, and we see each other a lot. Well, first of all, I'm single. <laughs> What's happening? I'm about 5'10", 177. I'm not giddy up yet, but I'm getting there, B. Um, I don't know, man. You just... I'm a defender. I've always been a defender. I was in the cool group as a young kid, and I was quarterback and shortstop and all that I crap. I knew you were in the cool group. But, like, I didn't let people F with the... For the record, uh, you can say the F word on this podcast. Right. I, I, it's rated mature. Those high school kids that were not stalwarts of industry that were being picked upon, even if it was my friend, I'd punch them in their fucking face. So there we go. I've never wavered from that, and it's all about family and friendship, and, you know, I really appreciate what you said about me, and I love you, and, yeah. As we like you know, to say, the double Fs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you something. I was thinking about this when I was driving, and I told you, like, kind of when we first met, like, I didn't find you attractive at all. <laughs> now, there, that, that, he there was- He thinks I'm disgusting. No, this is not a lie. Like, I loved her. Like, I, I told her I dug her, but, like, I'm, I don't find you attractive <laughs> at all. Now, there, that, that was for another reason, perhaps, because it seemed like every guy in the whole stinking town was all over you. And I just wanted us to be able to become friends. But just so you know, man, you are as good as it gets. I love you. <laughs> You're as beautiful a person I've ever seen in my life. But I'm still unattractive. <laughs> no, man, I have totally backdoored this. No pun intended. That's how you don't get pregnant, B. You backdoor that ham. However. Comes out like a squeegee. You are one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life, and I can't believe I said that to you. And until tomorrow when I see you again, I won't see anything as beautiful. You are amazing. And I'm sad. Uh, I'm sad that I said it that way. I, I've known Chris for 30 years, in, in full honesty. He was my fraternity brother at college. Wait, I want to interrupt you and say that I very often say... That you and Chris are the me and Kim, like you. Which is ironic because I say you, you guys are the closest thing I've ever seen to me and Chris. Yes, see, there you are. We're older. You're the originals. You guys are mimicking us. Oh, gee, that's because you're so old. But your friendship, young at at heart. (laughs) Your friendship reminds me of me and Kim's. No, all the time. But but what I want to say in in a truthful moment is like. I've known a lot of people in my lifetime, and, and the way Chris loves his parents and the way he loves his kids is the way I try to love my parents. And my parents are both deceased now, but he, he met both of them, and he knows what they're up to and everything like that, and it's all good. But I kind of want to be like him with my kids. <laughs> That's so sweet. That's so sweet. So sweet. So, but now the time is we're going to come – we're going to – we're not going to come, but we are going to talk about speak for yourself. <laughs> we are going to now ask some interesting anatomy questions because we're going to bring the mood up a little bit. I just enjoyed getting to know you guys more than I have in the past two years. These guys are so cool, man. I've been telling you that for a really long time. I'm just too busy to hang out. I know. I know. Yeah, I am, though. I'm here well, now. If you didn't have 17 kids, That's you'd true. probably be able to 18. hang out more. 18? 18? I'm sorry. My bad. Thank you. So we were going to ask some anatomy questions and see what you guys knew about the anatomy, both male and female. So the idea is not to judge. No. 
just it, this is just for fun because you guys know nothing about like Chuck was uninvited today by the way I was like you can come swim if you want to but you're not allowed to be a part of this episode because you've been around us for so long you know too much he knows so much more than I thought he knows so, oh so much he's so always listening much he's <laughs> nice always stuff. listening so so I was like, you're not allowed to answer questions, but you can come hang out and have a beer or whatever. So we just want two guys. We just want to see what you know. Random we, guys that we've never seen before in our lives. We have seen you before okay. in our lives. But we want to know what you know. So to just like dive in, you got to say it. Like a goddamn muff. That's right. So that goes right along with this question. Do you guys know the actual literal anatomical part of the woman that is the most sensitive part of the female genitals? Um, I believe the correct answer might be clitoris. So I was going to guess clitoris. Clitoris. He was going to say clitoris. So that is true. The clitoris is kind of the most sensitive area kind of the of? female. Actually, the most sensitive area of the female genitalia is the clitoral hood, which covers <laughs> hood. which covers the clitoris. I said they go together because I said the clitoris was the most sensitive. She corrected me, the whole foreskin thing. And I was like, the clitoris doesn't work without the clitoral hood and vice versa. So I count your answer as absolutely correct. But th- those are two separate things, the hood and the clitoris. They're definitely are- two separate things. Ah, yeah. You got me on that. Yeah, so you could so for the record That's why you use the trunk. Exit for the, the hood. For the record, have you guys ever listened to our podcast? I listened Once. to one. Which one was it? Do you remember? No. <laughs> See, I, I find that so interesting because if I like someone and I was like hanging out with them, they're like, I have a podcast, I'd be like, I'm gonna listen to that all the time. I, and I would certainly do that now, but three years ago, whenever you told me about your podcast, yeah, we weren't quite as good friends, so it <laughs> meant nothing to me. It was like this random girl saying, listen to my podcast about childbirth. Like, Difference between I'm men like, and women. No, I hate babies. Like, I, I do. I think they're ugly. I mean, most of them. I disagree vehemently. I, well, that's, the everybody's entitled to their invented. opinion, but they look like fucking... Like Telly Savalas from, you know, whatever. So but do I. For the record, I deliver babies, no. but I'm not a huge fan of babies. So I haven't held a baby since my younger son was no longer in holding age. So my dream and I have no has six kids. An amazing Are they job. all yours? None of them are mine. <laughs> None of them. But she's a hot piece of sauce. Are you talking about Kim and she's right got now? Six kids and a great job. I would love to make breakfast and lunch and clean and be Jimmy Homemaker. <laughs> I'd be so happy. I don't know why I tossed that in. You tossed it like a salad. Of the hood, I was compelled to speak my mind. <laughs> I, I would have liked to add more kids. I, I really would have. I only had two. I would have left. I, I would have loved to had. Like, my, my dream was I was going to have four kids. I was going to have boy, boy, girl, boy, and then I'd have my foursome for golf. Two Asians But I would spoil that girl so much. Like Did if you I just had a say daughter, foursome? What? You just said foursome. Yeah, I would have a foursome. Me, my three boys, we'd have our golf foursome. Mm-hmm. Golf foursome. Good to know. Second anatomy question. You guys are going to know what this is called. I know you are. So what is the pink part of the nipple called? Areola. 
He's got it. Okay, so since you knew that they were called areolas, do you know what the little bumps on the areola is are on the called? outside of the areola? <laughs> I don't know what they're called. To, to be quite candid, I have no idea what they're called. They're they're called Montgomery glands. Do you know what they're for? No. They, My guess would be for breastfeeding. Yeah, you're right. So who's they, Montgomery? I the guy who named them. Because he, he was probably a white guy, and everyone, 100% of you yes, a white everyone was a white knew guy. about them before he came into the picture, but he was like, I see these glands, and I'm going to put my name on them, and it yeah. stuck somehow. You would yes. assume he was probably a doctor, though. Yeah, I, maybe. Have you ever <laughs> met Timmy Clitoris? No. <laughs> he was always in the motherfucking house, B. <laughs> Who knows where piss comes from? For the record, it, piss doesn't come from the clitoris. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But, oh, which is another question well, we can gonna ask. Well, you're going to say something about squirting, aren't you? No, no I wasn't. We I was going to say something. Is that piss or is that like no. a female cum? That is a whole other story. Okay. That's, then we. Can so I was going to say, but you have to hold the microphone right up to your mouth. How many holes does a woman have in her genitals? Excuse me? How many holes does a woman have in her genital area? I would go with two. Okay. Chris, what's your answer? Well, I have to assume that it's more than I'm thinking, so I'm going to go 11 <laughs> <laughs> So actually, there's three holes. Oh, I missed Wait. it by eight. There's the anus. Right. That's the one. That was, anus. I, I was definitely counting the He's anus. He's counting that one. The okay. vagina. Right. But also the urethra. It's different. What about the mouth? I don't. Th- I don't well, think that, I could, I don't think I could fit in the urethra. That's not included. And if you have a glass eye, that's five. That's not included in our genitals. Seven, <laughs> I'm done. I left my abacus. I would never have. No- I would have never have guessed three. <laughs> Good to know. How, well, how do you get into the third one? You don't. You d- oh. Listen, that is an out only. It's an out oh. only. Out only. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the time has come for us to take our break. Thank God. And then when we come back, we will talk about some other things that I don't know what they are going to be. We're going to go into birth. All I'm right. going to go cheese. Let's go for a break. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So today's sponsor for our episode is us. We started our Patreon recently, and there are special benefits that you can get just by being a patron of our podcast. So if you love our podcast and you would love to support us and putting out more great content, um, sign up for our Patreon. There's three different levels of support that you can give. Any little bit goes a long way in uh, helping us be able to continue making this podcast a reality. And for everyone who is supporting us already, um, we adore you. We thank you so much. Um, And we look forward to entertaining you guys for a long time to come. All right, let's go back to our episode. Welcome back from that delightful break. Mm-hmm. Kim has a mouthful of pizza. Mm-hmm. Crushed. I wanted to start pizza the sec- second half of our break by talking about the amazing day we had today. Because we decided to take the kids to Winchester. And while we were in Winchester, we were sitting at Union Jacks on the Old Town Mall. And all of a sudden, I was like... 
Julian Olfenfair is walking by. <laughs> I love her so much. And so for anyone... So we panicked and we jumped up. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know who Juliana is, she is the midwife who first taught me about home birth. And she has she a... She taught everyone in the Shenandoah County about home she birth. She has a best friend named Zan, mm-hmm. who used to be the person who would give me all my pap smears. And she did an amazing job at it. It's been our goal for 15 years to just be yes. like them. And so... T- they still talk to each other every day. Yeah. And so we used to say to each other, one day, one day. we're going to be the Juliana and Zan of the Shenandoah Valley. Yes, we are. And so we jumped up and we were like, oh my God, Juliana. We but love she, you guys so much. She had her new puppy with her. And new she was puppy. Like, Stay back. <laughs> yeah. And so we were like air hugging her, which was hilarious and awkward all at the same time but then she gave us a great compliment she was like you guys already are as cool as us and i was like you might just be saying that but i'm gonna take it as a compliment i did too i tucked it in my pocket compliment right in my pocket pocket. yeah she's amazing she's so amazing she's gonna be 70 next month yeah we need to have them on the podcast we need to talk about birth when they were attending i know they've been my role model since i was a teenager I I, i tell you i've never had a pap smear so good as what Zan did. She always left me feeling so happy. Yeah. She would be like, do you see that beautiful cervix? When I was never pregnant and never had a baby and I went to my doula training, they were like, let's draw a picture of who you imagine being at your at your birth. And I imagined Zan being Aww. my midwife at my birth because she was just so encouraging and so beautiful and so amazing. So if they ever do hang out with us, it's it's going to be a dream come true. Dream come true. For sure. But speaking of which, w- that was actually one of the questions on our list. Um, do you guys know what a pap smear is and what it's for? No idea. I believe you have to go into stirrups. Definitely. But I, I just think they're checking to make sure everything's good under the hood. Yeah, they are doing that. Specifically that speaking, because it's something that we do in our practice. Specifically speaking, they are taking a scraping of the cervix. Scraping of the cervix are th- three words I should never hear again in my life. I mean, it was four words. Scraping. I was going to put that. I was going to say that. Well, I didn't think the counted as a word. For are the we record, uh, we're, we're not going to argue semantics. Only in print. For the record, a man who is well endowed enough definitely scrapes the cervix. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not. Yeah. They use a little broom now. They don't scrape so much as broom. They it's a broom. It's like a, it. it's like, like a it's like, like brushing. Yeah. But they take cells off the cervix to see if you have cervical cancer or HPV, things like that. Does it hurt? No. Should not hurt. If they're doing it right, it should not hurt. Does it feel good? No. no. Also, if they're doing right, should not feel good. Unless you're watching an episode of Scrubs. But that's that's what it is. And and so basically they are right. You're right. They're checking out what's going on under the hood. Cool. Can we move on to the next question? Can we please? <laughs> yeah. Why does that have to be Spiraling. me? The next I don't want to hear downhill. I don't want to hear scraping whether it's three words or four words of the Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear that again. Okay. I I'm not mo- comfortable hearing that. So you've pressed the limits of what I'm comfortable hearing so far. 
So I want to move on to the birth process. You both have witnessed the birth process. You two times, you one time. Was there anything about the birth process that made you uncomfortable or things that you wish were different? It sounds like you both might have had a pretty easy go at it, but I want to know your experience of that. Things I would that you- have loved to not seen my wife shit. Okay. That's that a good is answer. hilarious because I was going to say the only thing that I could even potentially throw out there is the fecal matter. Which did not bother me because, you know, it's part of pushing. You know, if I'm just hanging out down the road. I'm not saying it bothered pushing. me. I'm saying I wish I wouldn't have seen it. Like, it would have been okay if, like, everything else, the blood and the squirting and everything like that, <laughs> I would have been okay with. But the actual shit, I wish I wouldn't have seen that. I'm okay with seeing it. I just wish I wouldn't have seen it. That's I, all I'm I saying. wouldn't pay to see it. I'm not going to go to Germany. However, and like, it's not I motherfucking embrace that piss, poop. But <laughs> it, it was part of the deal, and I don't know, man. I, I think every single second was the greatest second ever invented. We wanted to talk a little bit about birth. Do you guys know how many stages there are to labor? The labor and birth process, how many stages there are? Two. Okay. Chris, what's your answer? Six. Oh, that's a lot. So what do you think the two stages are? Pregnant and birth. <laughs> All right. Good answer. Good answer. Chris, your answers. All right. So is conception considered one of them? No. Okay. Fast forward to labor. When labor. you're in labor. So breaking of the water perhaps is one. In hindsight, I'm going to say three and a half. Three and a half. Can you name what the three and a half would be? I would love to make up some sauce, but that would be Eliasaurus. I cannot. Okay. So the first stage. Is one of the steps screaming for drugs? Not always. No, but it does happen during one of the phases. Okay. Not necessarily in our experiences a lot, though. I mean, I personally always want drugs, but. You don't usually scream for them. But I didn't get them. Every birth. I was out of, the, out of the hospital. So the first stage of labor is the stage where you go from its dilation so zero to ten centimeters do you know what the dilation means like what that I is? know what dilation means but as an American I have no idea what centimeters are like I can't put it in perspective what's ten centimeters yeah is that like an inch and a half like two inches like I don't know I believe that it has to do with how the pressure from the baby expands the vagina so the vagina is definitely not the vagina so but yes, it does expand the vagina. You're right. You are okay. right about that. Dilation has nothing to do with the vagina, though. It talks about how open the cervix, cervix. is. Oh, son of a biscuit. So you I was in the right so bucket. Close. I used the wrong word. Yes. You, yeah. were, you were not wrong. I. Do you guys know what the cervix is? I do not. So. I got bad cervix at the Waffle House Tuesday. <laughs> I have a really good explanation for it. You should do that because I feel like I was about to get really inappropriate and I think you'll do a better job at this. So, close your eyes and envision a light bulb. Okay, the bulb part of the light bulb, the glass part is the uterus. And then the part that has the little twisty that you twist in, that's the cervix. Like a dolphin. No. Okay. No. A dolphin (laughs) is more of a death hook okay 
It's where, not a twisty? No, no. I always mm-hmm. heard it was a twisty. Well, the cervix isn't a twisty. Okay. I'm keep just going, describing. keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, but that's it. So, so you have the uterus, which is the light bulb glass part. And then the part that you twist in is the cervix. So the cervix part opens to allow the baby to come down. And the glass part is the uterus, which is the muscular part, which pushes the baby down. Into the vagina. Into the vagina, which also has to expand. But the vagina doesn't come into play until at the very end. So the cervix is the door of the uterus, if you will. So So during... How how was it possible that my... 9.2 9.2 pound and 9 point suns came out of that little tiny area. Because it's usually, and it is amazing, it's usually closed completely. Right, and you're but, saying they came out of that. Yes, because the glass part of the light bulb is a very strong muscle. When it contracts, it pulls the cervix open and it thins it out. So it pulls it open, thins it out until it's like a paper thin little opening that just opens all the way and then you're child comes through it into the vagina yeah and so, out the vagina so the first part of labor is all about the cervix opening opening it's a lot of work that's the work yes yeah seems like a lot of work it is a lot of work and then the second part of labor oh wait there's more yeah that, that was only the first stage remember how many stages are there there's that three was the first stage three three and a half the last so, guess i heard was not confirmed was three and a three. half the second part of labor I, the half would be clean up afterwards yeah that would yeah. count the second part of labor is when after the cervix is open the mom pushes the baby from her uterus into her vagina and then out to the world so the vagina doesn't is that come when into she's play. screaming if she's going to scream this is when it's going to happen so that's why the doctor says don't push because the cervix has yet to say hello. So once it does, that's when the yep. pushing c- That ensues. can be true, yes. Or even better, it says goodbye. It says uh-huh. goodbye. <laughs> you don't want it to say hello. That's usually a bad thing. If we see the cervix, we're like, that's not giddy up. That is a giddy out, giddy down. It's more of a giddy down. Bad yeah. thing. Downer. So stage one. The cervix opens. That's dilation. Stage two is pushing. Pushing. So the baby comes down into the vagina, out of the vagina, out into, into the, the world. world. So the baby's born, and there's still an entire section of birth left. Do you guys have any idea what the third stage could be? Oh, I think I know. I think I know. Okay, go ahead. Take a guess. Isn't it a removal of the nasty stuff? <laughs> <laughs> What's the nasty stuff? Like it's like also the, called like the polenta or whatever. <laughs> The polenta? Yeah. The polenta. I, yeah. like it's a rice dish. I think that's a kind of pasta. Like you got to scoop that out of the side and like make sure everything's clear inside. Yes, the polenta and rice, oftentimes the beans too, need to be removed. <laughs> but we don't remove it. It removes itself. It comes off by itself. Let them eat beans. So yeah, the, during the third stage of labor, the placenta is expelled from the uterus so there's the dilation phase, which is usually One. very hard for most people because it's usually the longest phase. You don't know how long it's going to take. Yep. Second stage, pushing, where the baby actually comes out of your body. Usually two hours or less, usually. Sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And then the third stage is when your placenta comes out, which is usually, usually within an hour. And then the half stage that you mentioned is... Clean up. Clean up and ice packs. A lot of ice packs. Mm-hmm. So I thought I remember reading an article about 
some people trying to eat the placenta. Oh, yeah, they do is that. Is that a thing, real? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. And it's not the rice dish I was talking That's about. That's not, not like, placenta. No, there's no rice with, with, with you could. Why the I guess. fuck would anyone do that? That is a good question. Do you want to answer that? Yeah. So, so basically, as human beings, a lot of us don't eat our placentas, but most mammals do. So if a cat gives birth to their kittens, the first thing they do after the birth is done is they lick the amniotic sac off of their babies and then they eat their placentas. And so there's a lot of hormones, there's a lot of iron, there's a lot of a lot of stuff inside of that that can be helpful in preventing postpartum depression, anemia, so not everyone does it, but there are a subset of humans now I that choose to consume their placentas as other mammals do to try and prevent issues with postpartum depression as and opposed anemia. To medication. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd I'd feel a lot more comfortable if we stopped saying the word placenta. Oh, does that, that make you uncomfortable? Well, it was Chris's nickname in fifth grade, so I don't want to like I don't want to bring up bad memories. He was bald at that age, so so, so just a fun fact. Kim's been a midwife for 15 years, something like that. When she first started training as a midwife, she was super freaked out by placentas. Disgusted by them. Disgusted. I I couldn't, I don't want to look at them. I don't want to smell them. And so she made a habit Mm -hmm. of like it, like embracing them every chance she could. Like touching them. As a student, I put on gloves. Looking at them. Playing with them. And now I can help deliver a placenta while I'm eating. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I ignorant in asking that the placenta is the food source for the child, correct? It is. So, so there's... I, I, I would eat a placenta. Well, my daughters. I'm not going to take a random. You don't want a rando placenta? Duh, you got to draw the line somewhere, <laughs> sister. I agree with that. So the a placenta is the only... It's an organ that develops for a short amount of time and then dies. So it's kind of cool because it literally lasts like 10 to 11 months and then it dies. And it is it's classified done. as an organ. It's an organ. It's an organ. Wow. Yes. Yep. And so, it's very mm-hmm. interesting because there's one side. You can very clearly see it. The side that's attached to the mom is very like meaty and like. Looks like hamburger. Hamburger. the penis is considered an organelle, but. Mine it does not die. Uh, I the mean, the penis doesn't form and die, so that's a little different for most people. <laughs> and then, unless you, the other side is really cool because it's considered the fetal side, and it actually has all these like blood vessels and membranes, membranes yeah. that surround the baby. Die? No, but they can atrophy if you don't use them. So I mean, they're probably not dead. But if anyone's in atrophy, again, I'm a Libra. I like short walks on the beach. I feel like attrition and whatnot. I feel like vaginas are similar to muscles that the more you use them, the stronger they get. Yeah, the less you use them, the more they atrophy. I'm just Good doing, job. I'm just trying to do my part in the world. Good job. On that note, I wanted is there anything else you guys wanted to say about your birth experiences or like anything at all? I will say this, that it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I cried Poop both and times. All. And as an adult male, I only cried three times in my entire life. It was that birth was one of, my, of them. Birth of my two children, and when the Pirates lost in 92 and Sid Bream scored from second base, 91, 91 you know what I meant. 
But it would have been the you know what I'm saying. And Barry Bonds is a Gold Glove winner, and he gets the ball in shallow left field, and he can't throw out the slowest runner in Major League. I'm sorry, those. Uh, I'm looking for the next time I cry, but right now, and I'm not afraid to cry, but like. Those are the only three times I cried, but I loved watching my boys come into the world. Nothing has made me happier than seeing that. Chris, any last words? I wish I had more. If there's any guys out there listening and you have any timidity regarding being at the birth, I strongly would urge you to do it. It is an epiphany. It is the greatest thing ever. It is natural. It is... It changes your life, man. And if you're any type of cat whatsoever, it's going to be the thing you care about the most. And why not see him or her or it in today's vernacular, sadly, (laughs) whatever, come out. So I'm telling you, man, I played sports. uh, Like I was always that guy. And as soon as my daughter, I was Dunzo the Clown. And the respect that you de- you that you develop for women is crazy. I mean, you don't go any more the the juggy bars. Perhaps you do, but I don't know, man. It just becomes a completely different world. And you've never driven slower in your life than when you're driving home with your child. So if you go, choose to go to a hospital rather than using these two, three women, hi, Meredith who are just amazing and have a, a stellar, impeccable, zero-negativity scenario going, I don't know, you're going to be home anyway. But if you got to drive, man, you'll see. So anyway, Everyone that's has all to I drive eventually. Say. One day. I really appreciate having you guys on the podcast. Uh, before we leave today, because we have a few more minutes, I wanted to tell a little bit of a birth story of the week. Birth-un story. Birth-un story of the week. We had three births last weekend at our in our practice. This week... I thought we would have none, but... Thought we would have none. <laughs> of course, the universe, once again, mm-hmm. does something. So I had a primip who was due this weekend, and she was two days past her due date, which usually when a primip is two days past her due date, I... You know, I'm on watch, but I'm not, like, on super high alert. Right. Because most people go further than that. And so, the night before, Kim called me, and she's like, we have this third-time mom. She thinks she's in labor. She's having contractions two to three minutes apart. She's coming into the birth center. For the record, I was bartending at the birth center. Not bartending at the birth center. I was bartending but at that would be awesome the if American we had a bar Legion. And, a birth center. and so I went into like full alert mode. I was closing things out as fast as possible. I was like, this third time mom is having contractions two to three minutes apart. We're going to have a baby tonight. Like, let's rush, 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 rush. We get there and she's completely closed. Nothing's happening. Which was crazy. Like, she completely threw me. I had no idea. I really thought we were about to have a baby. Which is part of all of our job is that it's so hard to tell. I know, but prodromal labor is just a bitch. It is a bitch. It's like the actual devil. Yes. And so I stayed there for what, like three hours? Yeah, we were there for a while. Mm -hmm. And then we go home. Which we're not complaining. No, we're not complaining. We go home. 
I am completely not thinking about anybody else. I get a text message at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> and it's from my primip. And you thought you were sleeping in. It was from her primip, the primip's dad. That was pr- from the primip's husband, actually. And so she, he says, she woke up at 5.30, two hours ago. La-di-da in our world, right? Right. She woke up two hours ago. She went from complete sleep to having contractions two minutes apart. And I'm like, she's a first-time mom. This is Prodromal labor. This Again. isn't normal. Right. This is prodromal labor. I just had a false alarm last night. And so I say, okay, that's kind of weird what your pattern is doing right now. So why don't you guys give it like a few more minutes, see if anything changed. A few more hours. <laughs> I didn't even say a few more hours. I was like, give it a few more minutes, see if anything changes. They were planning on coming into the birth center, which was 45 minutes away. They were 40 minutes from my house. And I was like, yeah, and we'll see if it keeps going like this. We're definitely going to do something. And so then the midwife texts me and she's like, what do you think's going on? And I, so many times our story, I'm like, the pattern seems super weird. I don't think anything's going Sounds on. Sounds like prodromal labor. Sounds like prodromal labor. Sounds like she woke up and it's going to go away. Nothing's going to happen. It's probably going to be three days of hell. And she's like, yeah, it could be that. Or, you know, maybe she's one of those. Maybe she's one of those moms that doesn't do that. And I was like, yeah. I feel like if she was, she wouldn't be okay with just, like, chilling. Because it sounds like her baby's literally about to come out of her body. And so, fast forward. um, The baby did come out of her body. (laughs) Less than an hour later, I get a text message from the midwife that says, she just had her baby on her kitchen floor. Unbelievable. First time mom. Less than mm. three hours of labor total. No That's early labor. Times this year. No early labor. Nothing. No medium labor. She woke up full on labor, pushed her baby out. Nobody was there. So we rushed there. Crazy. She's very happy with the scenario. <laughs> Why would she be unhappy? I know. It's just so crazy how hard it is to tell, though. Yeah, sometimes it's really hard. Like, that it's the opposite like my the mom that we had together i thought for sure she was about to push her baby out opposite i also did i was you panicking thought, right and then you thought oh this mom has another several hours to a couple of days at least we have it one hour to tell right. if it's real labor or not. right 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 nope total opposite total opposite because the longer we do this the less we know the less we know and so i feel like that's our our genre for tonight is that again we don't know what anything. do you know what do you know? Just like these guys apparently don't know much no. about anything. None of us know anything. No. At all. But we're all working on it. So the woman that gave birth in on her kitchen floor, she was alone. She was with her husband. He caught the baby. Oh, that's so much better. Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. How yay is that? And it's yeah. Amazing. They That's were actually unreal. both very happy about it. He was happy about it. She was happy about it. Everyone was happy. We got there soon after the baby was born. Four Jensen, ladies and gentlemen. Wake, welcome to the world. But sometimes that are, that's our job. And sometimes our sometimes job is... people are not happy about that. No, but then other times it's like they'll have the same scenario going on and it'll just we'll just be there for ever and ever and ever and ever. And so ever. It's, it's always a learning process. Is what I'm saying. Like, you never figure it out, ever. I just want to say I'm proud and jealous of you guys. Like, what you do is amazing. And 
I couldn't do it. I don't have the stomach for it. I did well, it. Well, you were disgusted by a placenta, so you could never. No, if, if do it's it. served with mushrooms and everything that, I could eat it. Like if it's onions on a nice plate with some, maybe a little parsley sprung. Little a little spruce of parsley. Yeah. Hey, you guys oh, also geez. got to witness our quick uh, exit from the American Legion last weekend when we had to deliver a baby. Yeah, it's like they're there, and then you turn left, and you turn right, and they're gone. Like, you guys are amazing women. Like, and what you do for your clients, like everybody in the entire world who's thinking about having birth or actually pregnant, probably those people. Probably those. Be a a, a better audience. Like, the people that are actually pregnant, like, just, just found out, and, like, you're like, okay, you pretend like you're happy about it, or, like, or you are happy about it. Whatever the case may be. Call these guys because that's the way I would do it if I would if I could go back twenty three years and you guys existed. I mean, you existed, but if I knew you, I was a child. Thanks, Alice. That was nice of you to say. I'm not that old, but thank you. <laughs> um, but just yay. I'm I'm a, I'm yes on you guys. Oh, he's a yes. So Is that your final answer: love, respect, consistency. It's real easy, man. Love your kids, respect yourself and your kids, and just be consistent or else they're going to turn into jackasses. <laughs> I was a teacher. I dealt with them, and I beat some of you up, perhaps. It's ridiculous. Embrace embrace it, man. And knowledge is power. So force school upon them whether you do it at home. I'm digressing again, man. I love your digressions. But, yeah, I... I to re to back up what Brian said, it's the life is about life, which sounds stupid, but I mean life is life, and you get to see it come in. I, I am so so jealous, so jealous. You've been saying that to me since you met me. I know. You should have been. You should have been an OB. I attempted it, but I couldn't pass organic chemistry. <laughs> I really want to thank you guys for coming on our podcast and being as honest and. Open as you have been, because we gave you no warning. No warning. No warning. They refused to look at our napkin full of notes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the only thing did you even follow follow the napkins full of notes? We touched on it here and there. We touched on it. We dabbled, dabbled on the napkin. Dabbled in the napkin. Yes. But the only other thing we have to say to that is cheers. Ching ching. Those are (laughs) cans, and they're not going to cheer. Apparently, don't cheer. (laughs) 